The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. MMA on the Rocks, episode number 12. <laughs> That's a lot farther than most people get to tell you the truth. Yeah. I've probably started a lot of podcasts that haven't gotten 12 episodes in. Really? I think so. Oh, all right. Well, in case anybody who is curious who's talking, this is uh, the last professional broadcaster. That's right. Primetime. <laughs> That's right. Any other nicknames? Um, I started calling myself an artist merchant after Kanye West said that at the VMAs as well. Okay, artist merchant, <laughs> yes, WWE expert, mm-hmm. host of the Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM, uh huh, host of what's the wrestling podcast? Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. Uh huh. If you haven't guessed by now, Sam Roberts. That's right. That's right. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for having me in your studio. Yeah, of course, but <laughs> it's your studio now. Oh, yeah. Well, it's your show. all right. In that case, we're going to start making some changes around here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to repaint this because I have a red and black theme and there's too much blue going on here. Yeah, no, I don't know if uh, the aesthetic is uh, totally in your control, but meta, you know, like like the vibe of the room is yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. In that case, let's talk about violence. Uh, <laughs> so, aside from being a, a childhood buddy of mine, mm-hmm. I know you. You're very immersed in the WWE world still. Um, <laughs> yeah, haven't given that up quite yet. <laughs> there right was a the... time. There was a time when this would have been wrestling on the rocks, but uh, your host uh, grew up, <laughs> became an adult, <laughs> and uh, evolved. So, what is it? What What's the appeal of WWE that keeps people engrossed in it? You know, into their adulthood because, you, you know. Some people would say that it's geared towards the younger audience, but obviously they have an older crowd that that sticks with it. So what what's the appeal of it? I mean, it's really not that different from what the what well, depends. Like when I was a kid, when we were kids, at no point did I watch it as if it was competitive a competitive sport do you know what i mean like at no point like there was no sort of moment for me where wrestling is fake and oh my god i can't believe it like Mm -hmm. i always kind of knew what it was yeah and even when i didn't know what it was i think i still kind of knew what it was i had that moment you did i did when i realized it was fake was it tough for you yeah it was it was tougher than learning that the tooth fairy wasn't real tell you the truth okay i hadn't heard about the tooth fairy thing so that's tough right now <laughs> nobody oh, sorry smartened to me up you. to that yeah <laughs> what did I, when did you find out that wrestling was not was not all that maybe it claimed to be i was probably i don't know 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and you know i guess i kind of like you were saying i always knew but you know that's when it that's when it clicked in like yeah. no it really it really is when it really clicked and like some some aspects of it were real like i remember going to the westchester county center and seeing papa shango and being 
fucking terrified. Well, he really knew voodoo. Is the thing. <laughs> That's a terrifying man. I think if I saw him now, and he's probably in his 50s. Right. Is, is he still alive? He's still alive. He owns a strip club in Vegas. Really? Oh, yeah. What's it called? Uh, I don't know. I'll look it up for you, though. Oh. Because, you know, right. he wrestled as the Godfather after he was Papa Shango. Oh, that's right. And the right. Godfather was a pimp. Literally. Oh, He'd man. come to the ring with his hose. You're bringing back so much nostalgia for me. Well, that's when wrestling was, wrestling was a little bit different then. But, like, so, like, I don't really look at it all that much differently now than I did when I was 10. Okay. In the sense that it's just, like, there is some nostalgia to it, but it's also, like, it's my preferred method of storytelling. Sure. Like, I just I just don't think that... I, when wrestling is really good, pro wrestling, yeah, I don't think there's anything better. And, and I think that the evidence of that is if you put on really good pro wrestling for anybody, mm-hmm. they'll be like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you find a really good Stone Cold thing, there's nobody who's not going to think it's fun. Or, like... The moment where Brock Lesnar beats The Undertaker. Like, was it known? Like, was it was it something, was it predetermined? Yeah. But, like, there aren't that many things in the world, sports or otherwise, yeah. that can make a stadium full of people just, like, stop. Like, just silence a stadium full of people. Yeah. And it's like, and so, and so for me, it's about... Not only, like, the athleticism and this, and, and, but it's, it's, and the characters... But it's a lot of storytelling. Okay. So that's the case for you. Do you think the average fan breaks it down cognitively like that? I don't know. I don't think most people are as analytical about it as me. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think a lot of people just kind of think it's cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, we want to see John Cena get hit with a chair. Yeah, I think there are fuck a lot of people. <laughs> there are a lot of people. I mean, wrestling's gotten weird, though, because pro wrestling has gotten, and I, I, I went with like a, uh, a script writer, like a like a, a movie writer, uh, I took him to a pay-per-view because yeah. he kind of needed to be familiarized with the world a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to break it down to him because he came with this mindset that I think the average person has where they boo the bad guys and they cheer the good guys. Yeah. And I had to explain to him that, like, wrestling has gotten so inside and the internet has made so many wrestling fans so smart yeah. that when you go to these shows, there are a lot of instances where fans are booing the writing. Yeah. Like, they're not booing the wrestler. They're not booing what he's doing. They're literally, like, they're booing the creative team for writing a storyline that they don't like. Like, that's how sort of aware they are. Yeah. Which is, which is an, an, uh, it's very meta. Like, it it gets very meta because... Yeah, that's more complex than I thought it would have been. Yeah. And, 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 And that's what they're like... You know, they're not mad that, say, like a Roman Reigns isn't being honest in his pursuit of the title. Yeah. They're mad because they think behind the scenes Vince McMahon and his writers are pushing Roman Reigns down the fans' throats. And they don't want him. And they don't want him. Yeah. But it's not it's not always as cut and dry as booing the bad guys and cheering for the good guys because the heel becomes very popular. Well, yeah, and, and that's the other thing that, like, and that is, you know, why wrestling fans do recognize performance whether they know it or not yeah like bad guys end up getting cheered because they're so good at being bad guys yeah and i think for most people watching it's working on a much more like just instinct level like oh i like this i cheer yeah but what's going on is you're appreciating 
a really good performance. Yeah, and some of the best pro wrestlers, I feel like, have been able to play both sides. Right. Hulk Hogan, The Rock. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to get into with you is, is guys who are able to actually transcend pro wrestling. So like a Hulk Hogan, like The Rock, John Cena. Brock. Brock Lesnar. Uh, Stone Cold is is doing pretty well now. I know he. Has oh a, yeah, definitely. He's got a popular podcast, right? Yeah. So, but are these like the one percenters? Yeah. See, I think wrestling. I was actually. Do you remember when you were watching uh, the writer Vince Russo at all? He was the guy who was kind of responsible for all the storylines. Okay. Of the of the Attitude Era when we were watching when it was like the late '90s and it was edgy and it was like next level stuff. Sure. So, I was doing a podcast with him. Mm-hmm. And he asked me because now you know he doesn't. He's not in the wrestling world anymore. Yeah. But he turned himself into an on-screen character. He became very outspoken about wrestling. Like he's so closely associated with wrestling. Okay. And like he asked me how he could do something outside of wrestling. And I was like, dude, if you you're like, he's like a guy in his fifties now. And I'm like, if you want to do something outside of wrestling, you have to start from scratch. The audience doesn't come with you. And most. Wrestling fans won't won't come. if you decide if you're a wrestler you got all these fans you got a, mm-hmm. you know a million followers on Twitter and you decide uh, I'm not gonna wrestle anymore I'm gonna start doing this instead right they're not coming what if unless unless you're that one percent where it's like right. The Rock who's just so good that yeah. wrestling fans no matter what they say even if they complain about it like secretly yeah. Even if it only happens once a year, even if it happens once every few years, the minute his music hits, no yeah. matter what, every time, any building in the any wrestling building in the world is going to come completely unglued. Because he's keeping one foot in the pool at all times. And it's smart. Yeah. And it's smart. And he's good enough that he knows that no matter how long he's gone for, no matter what else is going, the minute mm-hmm. that music hits, it's like... And same thing for Stone Cold. When the glass shatters, Mm -hmm. it's going to go crazy. Undertaker, when the thing goes bong, it's going to go nuts. And Brock is just such this, like, freak of nature attraction. Yeah. Well, Undertaker, I feel like, is a different category because he's never really stepped out into anything else. No. No. And I don't know. That's his thing. And he couldn't either because, like, nobody would want to see him do anything except the character. Yeah. And that guy's been wrestling forever. Well, yeah. He started the character... Started in 1990, and he was wrestling before that, but that's when The Undertaker character... Is he still, like, very active? No, 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 no. He wrestles maybe once a year. Oh, that's it? He wrestles at WrestleMania. Does he still appear? He comes out on, like, Raw and does some, like, Not really. stuff? No? Not really. He'll, oh, okay. he'll usually, like, he'll wrestle at WrestleMania, and then he'll come out a couple times to build to the WrestleMania match. Yeah. But he won't wrestle outside of that, really. Okay. So he's just kind of chilling. He made his money. He's probably one of he's probably a part of the one percent that's like set. Oh, I'm sure he's set for life. Yeah. And and when he, by the way, when he comes and he wrestles for WrestleMania, it's such it's a seven figure match that he's doing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so that's his year. Yeah. You know? Not a bad paycheck. No, for, not a bad for a paycheck. Day's work. Right. So the other ninety nine percent, and I I was actually listening to your interview. I think it was replayed. With Sean Waltman. Oh, X Pac. X Pac. Yeah. Or One Two Three Kid, as I most <laughs> recently remember him as. And um, you know, he was talking about how he was addicted to meth and he was having a hard time. Got arrested at the airport. Yeah. Like all, all this stuff. Um, do you feel like a lot of these guys are going down that path? Not anymore. So? Not anymore. They okay. were that generation of guys was. Yeah. But WWE 
and you know, people, you can, you know, act like it's bullshit or whatever, but it's not like, like that's not, that's not, it doesn't happen anymore. Like okay. they won't allow it. Like so, the, the drug culture and the party culture has kind of have has left. So, you know, that generation of guys, that's that's where they were going. Yeah. But I mean, these guys they'll suspend anybody for a, for a, if they come back positive on a drug test and they test for a lot of stuff. Like they've suspended people for What do you what do you what do you pop if you have ADD? Adderall? Adderall. They've suspended for Adderall. Like they they'll yeah, they have a long list of stuff. And and not only do they take that seriously, but they also give free rehab. Okay. They'll send guys, anyone who's ever worked for the company, not just current guys. If okay. you have ever worked for WWE, they will send you to rehab for free as many times as okay. you want. What about healthcare? They don't have healthcare. Right. I know because they're still in, to my knowledge, because they're still independent contractors. Yeah, contractors, yeah. But they also like. They've also changed, like, for instance, like, when we were watching, it was chair shots to the head, it was brutality, it was this. It's like, the way they treat concussions is totally different. Like, they do not let... When we were growing up, and in Hulk Hogan's era and all that stuff, yeah. you worked hurt. Yeah. Because you wanted to make the paycheck. Of course. You do not get in the ring hurt anymore. It's not... you. They won't let you in the ring. Yeah, especially with all the concussion stuff. Yeah, they can... Everything they, going on They take that. all that stuff so much more seriously. Now, you have guys retiring... You had a, you know, one of the top guys in the company just had to retire at 35. Who's that? Daniel Bryan. Because... Is that his wrestling name, too? His name's Bryan Danielson. Oh. But his WWE name's Daniel That's Bryan. pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, and I mean, when I tell you this guy was huge, he was huge. Yeah. And and he had to... They made him retire because yeah. of concussions. Yeah, so... Um, Another thing that came up when you were interviewing X Pac is that what he is more known as? I call him X Pac. Yeah, that's yeah. what he, that's what he's best known most, as. X Pac, popular. Yeah. So he also talked about how he trained with like the lineage of Carl Gotch, which uh, who is famous as a catch wrestler. Yeah, sure. Was an Olympic wrestler, and um, you you almost sounded a little surprised to hear that he was actually trained as a martial artist. I mean, obviously yeah. he's very athletic. Right. He looked like he had a Taekwondo background right. from his crazy kicks and shit that he would throw. Mm -hmm. And um, he he talked about how he kind of got away from using the technical submissions and stuff in his wrestling game. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a guy who was famous for the Bronco Buster at one point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Which is a move where you would just jump up and down with your crotch in someone's face. Yes. You just thrust your pelvis into your opponent's face. Yeah. Repeatedly, which I don't think Gotch ever mastered. No, I don't think he got it. <laughs> no, you know no. it because it, it didn't go over well in the Olympics. <laughs> right, I think. Well, I there's think, no there's no corner post with turnbuckles yeah. to, to prop him up. The Bronco Buster, I think, has been banned in the Olympics since 1946. Don't quote me on that, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's fact. I don't know. I think it made it in. What, what year was Munich? Because I think I saw one of the <laughs> one of the German guys doing it. <laughs> yeah, but um, how many of these guys do you think are actually trained in in legit fighting? Um. I def it's definitely not a requirement right? by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Um, and I think that there are a lot of guys who have, some have bodybuilder backgrounds, some have football player backgrounds, yeah. some have that. Um, I do know that they love amateur wrestlers. Yeah. Like they'll go and scout amateur wrestlers and they will sign an amateur wrestler out of college okay. to come to uh, their performance center. 
and kind of build a move. I mean, they they signed Brock Lesnar. I mean, he he would have gone to the Olympics or WWE, and he went to WWE. Yeah, Um, smart move. Yeah, I would say so. Not a lot of money in the Olympics. No, and and Brock's done all right for himself as the as the timelines progressed. Yeah, but um, I you know I don't I don't think it's a huge percentage. I think there's a there's a handful definitely who probably did like high school wrestling. Yeah, and stuff like that, but. Pro wrestling. I know, like, Kurt Angle comes to mind. Right, right, as an Olympic. Yeah. But for so many guys, especially this generation, Mm -hmm. the guys, a lot of the guys wrestling now grew up watching pro wrestling. Yeah. And they wanted to be pro wrestlers. Sure. And so a lot of them just went to wrestling school Mm -hmm. or they they did it this way or that way. So I don't think a huge percentage have legit fight backgrounds. Um like, I know somebody like CM Punk, who I'm sure we'll talk about, um, he started training after he was already an established pro wrestler. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just to, and, and, and by the way, I think as MMA has become more popular, yeah, I think there are guys, Undertaker's one of them, mm-hmm. who have started training because they watch it and they want to learn that skill. Yeah. And then they actually incorporate it into their WWE work. Do you think there's like a mental aspect, like they watch the actual fighting and, you know, they're they're kind of ingrained in these characters that they play that they think, like, hey, I could do that. Like, I kind of. I or, think. That, or do you think they're pretty grounded and they're like, oh, those guys are professional fighters. I, I'm a performance artist. No, I think that I think that. The thing about pro wrestlers is that they're legitimately very tough guys that don't get credit for it, and uh-huh. I think there's a, for a lot of people, and I'm not talking about Undertaker, CM Punk. I'm just talking about people in general. Sure. There's probably an insecurity that exists where a guy in UFC when you look at his one loss record mm-hmm. you can measure his toughness right if sure. he's winning fights he's beating people in fights and I, I would imagine a lot of wrestlers are probably watching going like well I I could win fights but I'm doing something else but I should be getting credit yeah. as being a tough guy so I think there's that and I also think like in the case of Brock Lesnar or somebody, I think that there is a desire for competition sure. that doesn't exist in pro wrestling. Because even even if you're the best pro wrestler, whatever that means, yeah, you're still at the whim whim, whim of yeah the guy who's running the company, right? You're like you're like the equivalent of like an Oscar winning actor. Yeah, you're like and, the best performance. Right, right. And that's only if you make it to the top. Like, the best actor may not make it to the top because the directors didn't cast him. Right. Whereas yeah. in UFC, if you're winning fights, Dana's not going to bury you. Yeah. It's like, look, I have the record. I should be getting the title shot. And eventually... Yeah. Right? Although sometimes a record doesn't get you the title shot. Sometimes <laughs> being a heel gets you a title shot. <laughs> if you're a guy like Chael Sonnen or Conor McGregor who took pages directly out of the WWE playbook. And, and to me, the reason why... I've never, like, you know, and I follow UFC, and you know that. Yeah. But the reason why I have never been able to fall into it, like I've fallen into WWE, is a guy like Conor McGregor. Like, when the—no, no, no, not Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen. Like, the Chael Sonnen-Anderson Silva story, Yeah. to me, was, like, one of the great stories. Sure. But where I can't get into UFC, and what's a str- what makes it stronger for a lot of people, is that— like, Chael Sonnen can do all this talking, and I'm like, and he looks good, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, me, the wrestling promoter in me is like, okay, the kid's got a good look. Yeah. He can talk like no one's business. Yep. Champion. 
put him in the main event. Yeah. And it's like he loses a couple fights, two fights. Yeah. And fight fans are going like, I don't want to see him anymore. He, he's going to lose. Yeah. There's no reason to watch. I'm not buying a pay-per-view that Chael Sonnen is headlining because he loses fights all the time. Right. Whereas if it's pro wrestling, he's winning those fights. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, yeah. And that's that's kind of the divide between the MMA purists and then, you know, it is still sports entertainment. Yeah. But so another thing I want to ask you about, because obviously I've digressed from being a WWE fan you know, since, I think Xbox the one two three kid. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously I'm a little out of touch. So the people I remember are like Ultimate Warrior, mm -hmm. Macho Man, Legion of Doom. These are the these are the characters. One person is alive out of all those people you just named, and Legion of Doom is a tag team. So one person is alive. So I guess it's one of the. Is it, <laughs> is it Hawk? Nope. It's Animal. Yeah. Oh shit! I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. I would have thought Hawk would outlive Animal. No way, Hawk liked to party. All right, well news to me. Yeah. But who are the guys? So if there are younger kids watching now, mm -hmm. and they get out of pro wrestling, who are the guys they're going to remember when they get to be, you know, in their thirties? Oh, like who's like? Yeah, well, who's... obviously John Cena. You know that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, uh, well, you know, you'll be talking about John Cena, Randy Orton. Okay, is one of those names. Um, I think right now there's this influx of new talent, mm -hmm. um, which is making it so much better. I think Seth Rollins is going to end up being one of those names. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. There's a. There's is there a, a popular tag team now? Um. I don't know if there's a popular tag team on the level of like a Legion of Doom mm -hmm. because those guys had a fucking gimmick. Yeah. That was because those gimmicks don't exist as much anymore. Yeah. And because tag teams are quicker to be separated now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if Legion of Doom debuted today, they probably wouldn't do as well. Well, they do okay. And then Hawk would become a big star. Okay. Because I always thought Hawk was way better. Really? Animal, I like the way he looked better, but looking back now at wrestling, yeah, yeah, Hawk was way better. Really, I yeah. just thought I thought Hawk was a better talker and Animal was a better wrestler. No, Hawk was better at both. Really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll take your opinion on it. Um, but based on that, where does CM Punk fall in the spectrum? I mean, look, CM Punk is like when he left. Yeah. He's just the top guy in the company, right with John Cena. If he were okay. still around today, uh -huh. then yeah, he's 100% in that conversation. Top, 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 top of the list. The only reason he left the company, I think, is because, like CM Punk, you know how I just said the Undertaker match at WrestleMania is a seven-figure match? Yeah. I don't know if CM Punk made seven figures for his Undertaker match, but he got the Undertaker match at WrestleMania in New York. And that's a big one. Yes. Did he win? No. Because Undertaker never lost WrestleMania. Except Brock Lesnar beat him at WrestleMania. But didn't they reverse that decision or something? Mm -hmm. No, Brock Lesnar's got it. I thought it. I heard some controversy about There was controversy in other Undertaker-Brock Lesnar matches. Oh. Crooked officials and whatnot. This one he lost. <laughs> but Undertaker lost at WrestleMania lost to legit. Brock. But Punk was upset about having the Undertaker match. Because he felt like he should have been headlining against... The headline of that night, by the way, was John Cena versus The Rock. Okay. And CM Punk was upset that he wasn't in that conversation. Now, he wasn't, he's not like a huge guy. He's not a huge guy. Compared to like The Rock and John Cena and guys like this. Right. I mean, he's competing in the UFC at welterweight. Right. Um, Which, by the way, he's dropped a ton of weight for. I've seen him 
you know. Yeah, and, and he's supposedly he had to make a big cut. I mean, he they had the weigh-ins tonight. He looked emaciated. Yeah, but he still had a lot of muscle. Yeah, he was still. Did you watch the Ariel Hawani interview he did? No. He was like he was talking. You could tell when he was talking. Number one, he admitted that it was the first time he's ever cut weight. Yeah, he didn't even do like a trial he's, run. Yeah, he said he didn't do a trial run, and and you could tell it was very difficult for him. So when he was wrestling, he was probably around two hundred pounds. He's probably two twenty. Yeah, and he's like six foot. Yeah, somewhere he's around probably there. About six foot. He's probably honestly, he's probably between somewhere between two twenty and two thirty when he's wrestling. And this is all natural. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Well, he's a straight edge dude. Yeah. Legit. So doesn't doesn't do. He wouldn't. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know. I would argue WWE steroids policy steroid policy is pretty legit. Um but I mean come on. These guys are monsters. A lot less than they were when we were kids. I mean look at Lesnar though. How do they justify him getting popped by USADA? Well, no, that's a great question and the answer is their official statement was we don't test part-time employees. Oh. Lesnar's not a full-time WWE guy. I gotcha. So so he's kind of exempt. Don't worry about Brock. <laughs> what they're saying. <laughs> Brock's over like, here somewhere. It looks like he's going to get away with a short suspension, too. From you from MMA? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because, you know, it's just like when you have a guy that can make that much money doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. they find ways. Yeah. They f- but, 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 yeah, so CM Punk was definitely natural. Okay, so what was his style as a wrestler? Like, what was his, what was his thing? Was he a high flyer? Was he, like, a straight... He wasn't wrestler. a high flyer. Uh, interestingly enough, he uh, he used the knees a lot. Okay. Like he was, he, he which, it, you know, when we were watching, nobody used knees. Yeah. But he used his knees a lot. Um, uh, he had a couple high flying moves, but not really. He was, it okay. was, he was super technically sound. And then the more, as, as it got later in his career, you would definitely see where he was using uh, some BJJ technique okay so when you say super technically sound you mean for the showmanship like the pro wrestling not not like a catch wrestling not catch wrestling yeah but like pro wrestling technically okay yeah and and yeah yeah yeah. so like he was legit he was smooth in the ring amazing he was really great okay really great so what do you think his chances are in the octagon coming in at 37 38 years old and having never done this before training a little bit of jujitsu yeah, I think it's rough. I mean, look, I think, and I n- have talked to him a lot, not recently, mm-hmm. but over his career, and, and, you know, we know each other, and he's one of the most committed people. Not to name drop or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's one of the most, one time he gave me a hug, and he's one of the most, <laughs> he's one of the most committed people that you will ever meet. Like, he just locks into things. So he, And I have no doubt that he's been locked in yeah. to training for the full two years that it's been, that we've been talking about yeah. this. Now, it's important to note that it's been two years because one of the reasons that I think he had to delay, he had to go in for surgery, he had to do this, is because, like, pro wrestling injuries, especially the nagging ones, are very oh, of course. legit. And this is a guy who had however long. 15 plus year career wrestling most nights of those 15 years. Sure. And I mean, everything from WWE to bingo halls to backyards, like yeah. everything. It's rough on those guys. Yeah. So I think the lingering injuries thing is a thing. Um, honestly, I really think that the big victory for him is just the fact that he's going to get into an octagon. Mm-hmm. Like that is like massive. 
Yeah. And that he was able to pull it off and he's coming in at weight and he's, and you know, and he's confident and he seems confident. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I, I wouldn't, I guess I would probably just logically put my money on, on Mickey. Yeah. Because Punk has never been in this environment. Like even Brock Lesnar had some fights under his belt before he was in the UFC. Yeah, I think he had one or two right. in Japan. Right. It was at least something to kind of know the environment. And he also had like some competitive I mean, he had, fighting uh, experience. Yeah, he, had a, <laughs> he was like the NCAA champion. Yeah. Like he was he had he had a lot of that. Yeah. And and the thing about that that boggles my mind, and I think it probably would take two years. I'm sure it's out of punk system. Mm-hmm. But because I always think about it like psychologically, the world of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You're, what you're really paying attention to in terms of how your match is going mm-hmm. is the reaction to it, yeah. right? So, like, number one, you want to make sure that you're doing things that are going to get a reaction. Yeah. Number two, half your match is about making the other guy look good. Mm-hmm. So you know this this dance that you're doing, you have to spend a little time on your back. You have to go over here. You have to get hit. You have to, in mm-hmm. order for it to work, like in order for you to get that sympathy, sure. you need to get beat up a little bit over here. Yeah. So the idea that both those elements, number one, you have to pay zero attention to the crowd, uh-huh. which I think is why he hasn't been cutting promos leading up to this fight. Yeah. And he's been quiet about it. And number two, the fact that he's not trying to look good. Like he's not trying to make this fight look good. Like, a wrestling match is supposed to look good. It's supposed to be a fun thing to watch. It's supposed to be a story that gets told. And this is not that. Yeah. But do you think he's not talking as much because maybe he's not as confident in his fighting skills as he is in his wrestling skills? Um, Well, I mean, look, I think there's no way that he could be as confident in his fighting skills as he is in his pro wrestling skills. Like, he knows right now if he jumped in a pro wrestling ring with no notice, Mm -hmm. he could have a four-star match. Sure. Um, so I don't know. You, he couldn't be. Yeah. He couldn't be. But I don't think it's a confidence issue because he ha- he's just been quiet. He keeps saying he's going to win. Yeah. He just says it quietly. Sure. If he had a confidence issue, I feel like he'd be saying, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm really just going to go out there and give it my best. And the yeah. real, all I really want to do is have this fight under my belt and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, he definitely hasn't committed to doing more fights in any of his interviews. He keeps saying, we'll see how I feel after he's, this he's one. He's got a couple of fight contracts, He's got I a three-fight contract. Yeah. But he keeps saying, like, I don't know what's going to happen after yeah. this. So, I mean, he's he's so new. I mean, two years of training, even if that's all he's doing. Uh, I'm kind of torn because it, it doesn't make any sense. He's, he's like a high-level white belt or maybe a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which mm-hmm. is, you know, still pretty much beginner-level. Sure. You know, having a couple of years. Mickey Gall, I think, is a brown belt, which is very high level. Very good. And he trains Brown with... is real close to black. Yeah. Yeah. That's real yeah. close. Yeah. yeah. It's very dark. And he trains with, you know, Jim Miller mm-hmm. and Dan Miller, who are, you know, high level UFC fighters. Jim Miller has like I don't know, I think one of the most number of fights in a lightweight division. Um but you know, Punk or Phil Brooks has been training with Duke Rufus who's like one of the top MMA trainers in the country. Yeah. And for Duke Rufus to put his name on this guy, that's a great he's point. He's kind of putting his reputation on the line. Yeah. So he has to see something in him. Right. Right. That's actually a great point. If he didn't 
think that there was potential for if he thought Punk was going to lose, mm-hmm. he probably would want to distance himself from him, or at least if he was going to embarrass himself. Yes. Yeah. Look, I don't think Punk's going to embarrass himself. I don't think it's going to be this thing where Punk's can get into an octagon and have no clue what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that. The amount of training he's done in two years is equivalent to a normal man's, like, six. You yeah. know what I mean? Someone like who's been committed to yeah. it and made a decision a long time ago. Like, he's just been eating, sleeping, breathing this stuff, I would imagine. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think that he's going to be able to put up a fight. I just think that it's tough to imagine that he'll win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean... I don't want to say they threw him a softball, but they did give him a guy who, by any standard, should not be fighting on the main card in the UFC it, but, as well. As well, I mean, exactly. He's a, he's, a, he's a legit fighter. But, but, but Punk shouldn't be there. Yeah. I mean, he, Mickey Gall talked his way into this fight. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're really throwing him to the Lions, but they're not really giving him a softball. Right. You know, they're not it, giving him some guy last minute who's out of shape. And It's like, probably a fair opponent for Punk, mm-hmm. but this matchup... If it didn't have that name on it, certainly wouldn't be at the pay per view. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mickey Gall. You know. Well, how do how do you feel about that as a as a hardcore fan? Because that's all honestly like that's a conversation pro wrestling fans have about you know somebody like The Rock, who's like, okay, this guy isn't around. You got guys that are busting their ass all year, and then The Rock shows up. He's a movie star. He's getting the big match. And it's like, but you could have made yeah. this guy who's been busting his ass all year look like a million bucks by putting him in there instead. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you feel about the fact that Punk gets to, because he's built a name elsewhere? Well, it's like, I'm kind of torn on it because mm-hmm. part of it is like, all right, here's this guy who has a ton of money and like, he just wants to go and do this. Like, it's like if I had a ton of money, like, hey, I want to play for the Yankees. Right. Like, I'm just going to go and, uh, hey, put me at third base. Right. You know, it's kind of like that. Right. So the MMA purist in me is like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. But then there's also the side of me that just loves fighting. Right. Like, if there was a fight between, you know, two janitors down the hallway. You'd watch that. I would want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds and like I a good fight. I would be thinking like, oh, the one janitor is wearing kind of baggy clothes. It might be a disadvantage. I would start, <laughs> like, breaking it down. Sure, sure, sure. So I'll, I'll break down, like, if any two people are going to get into a scrap. I, I watch the entire card. I watch, you know, jiu-jitsu tournaments, and, and, I, and I break them down analytically. So it's interesting to me. Yeah. Because there are a lot of aspects to this that could make a good fight. Right. You know, there's some tension between these guys, and there's always the puncher's chance. You know, anybody can walk in off the street and land a lucky shot, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the true. end of the night. That's true. And, and that's th- what we were talking about before, about not being able to build stars properly yeah the same reason why you know the minute somebody loses it's like you know ronda rousey if she can't get the title back all of a sudden this woman who was like the face of female empowerment is like yeah, ah, yeah. sucks <laughs> like like you know and that's just that's just the that's just the way the business works but do you like do you have enough because you didn't mention the the fact that there'll be eyes on the show like are you more of just a fight fan or do you have the type of brand loyalty to UFC where you're happy that they'll sell more pay-per-views because people are curious about punk yeah so I think I think it's better for the fight industry because if he's coming in and he's selling pay-per-views that means 
more opportunities for other fighters mm -hmm. and for more people to come into the sport who maybe wouldn't have because it's not as lucrative as doing something else. Right. So it could bring in, you know, all kinds of other athletes. Maybe somebody who's going to go into the NFL says like, hey, there's actually money in this MMA thing. And that creates more interesting matchups. Yeah. So I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think it's great. But then, you know, I'm also the guy who wants to watch the people nobody's ever heard of right. fight on the undercard. You know, if I if I go to a, a UFC event, I'm there from the first fight, and I know who they are, and I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm you just gotta be. It's like, I don't know if we need seven hours of UFC fights. <laughs> like, well, that's when it starts. Yeah, and that week of UFC 200, I think there was three events that week. <sighs> so I was I was into all of them. But uh, you, mean, you'd hate me. I've been to a couple shows live, and like. Definitely not there early. Showed up like at the main event. I'm there for well, I'm there for most of the pay per view. I think like when when Bruce Buffer is like, we <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's time. I'm like, look, as long as I'm there for that spin thing that he does, <laughs> <laughs> which he actually blew his ACL doing one time. I'm glad. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> um, so, do you know anybody else who's fighting on this pay per view what's Saturday? The, I know what's what's the main event? It's a big main event, right? Yeah, it's actually a heavyweight championship. Yeah, who's who's fighting? <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, so, that's one of the big belts, right? <laughs> yeah. But all the belts look the same, so who knows the difference? Am I they right? They do all look the same. They do. So Stipe Miocic is the heavyweight champion. Never yeah. heard of him. No, doesn't ring a bell to me. Who okay. do you win it from? Alistair Overeem. No, but he's fighting Alistair Overeem. I like Alistair Overeem. Okay. Because he kicked Brock Lesnar in the in the stomach oh, and beat, ended his career. He beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it for Brock. He gave him the diverticulitis blow right. of death. <laughs> That's it. My, my wife, she's like, she's like, because she saw, I explained to her what had happened in that fight. I was like, yeah, this guy, this giant Alistair Overeem, he kicked him in the diverticulitis. And yeah. then Jess is like, she was watching that last fight uh, that Brock had. And she was like, I don't know why Brock is doing this. He could die. <laughs> I was like, Jess, Brock could get like a concussion, but he's not going to die. Yeah. And she goes, what if he gets hit in the diverticulitis even harder? <laughs> I go, no, Jess. He's not going to die. Oh, man. But I know Alistair Overeem. I like, I'm excited. F See, but yeah, I guess you'd probably be sitting there being like, okay, well, you should probably know the name of the guy who he's uh, uh, challenging for the title. Yeah. Like the champion to me is like, what's that? Like, uh, Jobber? I don't understand. Yeah, it's just yeah, I mean, that, but I mean, it's the same thing when you're telling me about Brian Reynolds or Ryan Reynolds. No, not even close. Whatever, but, what was his name? Uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably one of the top guys, right? Yeah. How long has this guy been the heavyweight champion? He just won. Okay, so he's he, he just one of those uh, fly-by-night guys? Uh, I think he's pretty legit. Overnight I mean, sensations? He knocked out. Fabrizio Verdum while he was... I know Verdum! Yeah. He's, yeah. he's fighting on Saturday, too. Hey, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. He's fighting Ronda Rousey's boyfriend. Ronda Rousey's not single, huh? No. That's a buzzkill. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> yeah. She likes <laughs> fighters, does she? It, it seems so. You got to hit the gym. She, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in two years, you could be on a UFC paper. <laughs> Dana, I'm leaving radio behind. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I've always wanted to get into the octagon. Look, I'm kind of non-athletic and skinny fat right now, but yeah. So the guy she's dating is is like six foot eight, uh. two hundred sixty pounds. What's his name? Travis Brown. Doesn't ring a bell. Uh, he's he's really explosive heavyweight. And then uh, Uriah Faber is fighting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So you, that's gonna be a good fight. Sure, you know him. You don't know who he's fighting. It's your eye favorite. He's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he's who's fighting he? a guy who's won eighteen fights in a row. Whoa! Jimmy Rivera is his name. Oh, he should have won more uh, big fights because I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a smaller circuit guy. I think he's got three wins in the UFC. A lot of people don't know who he is. Okay, good. Yeah, I a lot of people him. think Uriah Faber should have retired after his last fight, but he lost, right? He did. He lost the decision to Dominic Cruz. Yeah. It was a bantamweight title fight. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. But yeah. we were talking before about, you know, you asked me if I care about Phil Brooks coming in and, and what it does for the sport. So another thing that's kind of been going on is— Are you he, calling him Phil Brooks because you, like, think it's silly that he'd be called CM Punk? You know, they announced him as CM Punk. I know. That's what he said he's going to fight as CM Punk. Is it, why? Because that's his, his name. name. It's not his legal name. He's just that's his name. What does a CM stand for? That's like the number one question that he never really answers. Like sometimes he'll tell people Cookie Monster. Like the 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 folklore behind it. He's had that wrestling name forever since he was a kid. Okay. That's why he was able to keep it from WWE because he's one of the very 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 few guys who they let keep. They didn't think he was going to do anything in WWE. Oh, okay. Like they had no confidence in him. Underdog story. So they were just like, yeah, just call him CM Punk. Sounds familiar. Right. Right, so they didn't. So so they let him keep CM Punk. Oh, I might be changing my bets now. But when, yeah, really, <laughs> really. When he was uh, when he was a kid, I guess he was in a tag team called the Chick Magnets. Okay, and he was Chick Magnet. That's the story I've heard. He was Chick Magnet Punk, and it, he wouldn't tell you. Did you ask him? I wouldn't ask him because it's like a hat question. Not like you asking me isn't a hat question. But if you had asked him, then I'd be like, oh, yeah. oh, dude. Yeah, I'm only ask? asking because. It came up. I didn't know there was like a mystery behind it. I thought it was like I thought it was like common knowledge yeah. that like. Uh, so if he was like, if he was like, you know, that's a really dumb question. You'd be like, what's a really stupid name, <laughs> <laughs> Phil? <laughs> I thought it was something I could just find on Wikipedia, and it's just easier to ask you. Uh, but so you were asking about you know what it does for the sport and everything like that. Yeah. So another thing that's going on. There's another organization, Bellator. Yes. I know Bellator. Yeah. So they put on some really great fights. And a lot of things that are going on with UFC is guys are holding off on signing their contract. So if they're on the last fight of their contract, instead of signing an extension, they'll wait. Mm -hmm. And they're negotiating because Bellator is paying these guys more money because it's owned by Viacom. They got a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, so it kind of reminds me, to make it an analogy more applicable to you, of the old days of WWF. Right. When WCW was around. And they... I feel like they kind of pushed each other. Like, Oh, my God. It's so... Just as you were saying that, I was thinking about how great it could be and should be. The bigger Bellator gets and the harder UFC has to fight to stay on top, the better it's going to be for us, for the people watching. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's so good to have competition. Wrestling was better when mm -hmm. there was competition. It just was. I mean, it, 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 it puts you... Especially when the competition starts getting good. Yeah. Because then it, it, it forces you into a corner, and it's like you have no choice Yeah, but to have amazing fights, multiple amazing fights mm -hmm. on every card. Not some of the cards, every card. If Conor McGregor is fighting on, like, you have to do what they're— and they're doing it a little bit now. They had Brock Lesnar, then they had Conor McGregor, now they got CM Punk, mm -hmm. and those are— and I say that not to take away, but those are the— Drawing power. Yeah. And then you have to put 
the fights that f- actual fight fans will like yeah. on the cards. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I, you don't have a choice but to put amazing shows on every time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's great for the sport that they're signing these guys and that they're making a shitload of money Yeah. because these guys are are getting the shit beat out of them yeah. potentially. So they should be getting a, a big paycheck. Definitely. Like, And I love what Dana does with the performance-based uh, rewards oh yeah the bonuses the bonuses like i think that's genius and i wish that there was like like they could do that in wrestling Mm -hmm. not knockout of the night or victory of the night or whatever but like just match of the night yeah because you could easily but the problem is they don't want certain matches to be match of the night sure you know what i mean so they would never do that it'll be political especially if you put it to like an online vote Right, and they'll start. You get like a William Hung scenario where you, get like, <laughs> where you get people like rallying behind like the worst fight, or like, just to just for the novelty, or like or like they would have like, you know, the first match on the show, mm-hmm. and the guys would just agree to do like every high spot you could think of, which are like the big like attention attracting yeah. things. And then leave nothing for the rest of the guys to do on the show. But do you think they should do that because that gives those guys an opportunity to shine and, and I think lets th- them work their way up and kind of puts it in their hands. I think it'd be great if they did. It would just never happen. There's okay. there's there's too much control. Oh yeah. I mean their their I mean, model is is airtight. Yes, they want their guy to be the top guy. Yeah. And if there's some guy who keeps getting match of the night reward bonuses, then the fans are going to be smart enough to realize he should be the top guy, and it's not the guy that they picked. Right. So it would never it would never happen. Yeah. But I do I, I I've always been a fan of of Dana doing that because that creates this sort of not only are you now competing with your opponent but you're competing with the other fights because you want that bonus yeah you know what I mean definitely so I I like that Bellator is doing this and I feel like Bellator follows the WWE model more Mm-hmm. Where they use like the stage and the lights and they're the, more sports entertainment. The ramp, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's it's Viacom and they're like they're they're doing everything big because they can put a ton of money behind it. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is it could get messy because if you have an elite stable of fighters in UFC and in Bellator, eventually, you know, there's too much debate over who's the best fighter, mm-hmm. and you have to have you know maybe some crossover matches. But wouldn't it be like huge that? for business? It would be huge for business, but then it gets messy, like the boxing championships, right? And then yeah, you know, no, it's yeah, like, and then stuff starts getting shady, yeah. and like you can't trust it anymore. Exactly, and, and then there's like all you know, there, if you get too many promoters, I feel like two is a good amount, right? Because it, it can cause healthy debate, and then maybe and people can go organization to organization. Yeah, and, maybe yeah. you have a few super fights and guys will go back and forth and there's a little drama, but then when you get like boxing where like Floyd Mayweather has nine belts. Right. And you don't know like what the WM <laughs> I think he's the WNBA champion. I think so. <laughs> like, I think he is. I think he's got that belt. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it, it can get messy. So I I like it to a degree, but I I would also like to see a little bit of control. So like a tiny bit of a monopoly. Just to yeah. keep it. <laughs> Just like a, like a, but like a friendly monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, it's too much to keep track of. I mean, they've got a full-time job, and there's fights like every weekend now. I mean, dude, there's wrestling on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then pay-per-views, they just upped the pay-per-views. Uh, WWE uh, is doing 19 pay-per-views this year. 19. 19 pay-per-views this year. Shit. Yeah. There's one this Sunday. Okay. There's just one, like... Two or three weeks ago. It was just SummerSlam. Right? Yeah, it just happened. 
And it was just Summer Sam. Yeah, that was the same time as SummerSlam, a couple of days before. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Yeah. I like the wordplay. It's just coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of big events, UFC's coming to New York City. Oh, yeah, at the Garden. Yeah, November. Yeah. You plan on going? I'd like to, but it'll probably be really tough to get tickets. Plus, I think? don't have anybody to go with. Let's go. <laughs> Wouldn't um, that be fun? I'm totally gonna text you though, like, "Oh, dude, I, I didn't know you wanted to go. I just got offered <laughs> tickets. I didn't have anybody to go with. I gave them up." <laughs> well, that's it. I'm never having you on my podcast in your studio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll see if uh, if uh, uh, Jim Norton needs a companion. He's a big name in the UFC now. Yeah, he is. I know. I, I I flipped out when I was watching. I didn't watch the. I, I don't I don't watch the Conor McGregor fight live. I watched it later, like online or mm-hmm. stole it or something. But I watched the uh, the fight before the two hundred. I watched live on sure. pay per view. Okay, and I was flipping out when I saw little Jim Norton's face on the pay per view. Oh, plugging the, the podcast. For the podcast. Yeah. Did you know about it? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, no, he 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 lets me know like anytime he has because he's had CM Punk, he's had The Rock both on the podcast. Yeah. He lets me know anytime he interacts with them because uh-huh. he wants to make sure that I know that they, they didn't ask about me. Just to rub it in your <laughs> Right, head. right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you have relationships with those guys. Well, the Rock, the Rock did tweet me, so. Oh, well, there you go. There you, I mean, that's it. I interviewed him once for three minutes and I got a tweet from him after I wished him a happy birthday. Oh, so, so you're practically family. That's it. That's I think it. you're part Samoan now. I do. I have. I started the tattoo on my chest, so I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to feel awfully silly. It'll look a little different on you. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it comes back to that skinny fat thing. <laughs> so what, is it, what does it take for you to tune in to UFC? Like, who, what kind of guys are you looking to? I know you're like a casual fan and you, yeah, casual you, fan. you do follow. But like, who, who makes you watch? Uh, honestly, like... Both Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz interest me. The mm. fact that they were fighting each other is convenient. Okay. But, like, e- either one of them fighting interests me. Were you a fan of Nate Diaz before the Conor McGregor? Yeah, because okay. I, I uh, learned of him a couple, a few years back. Norton and I went to a UFC Fan Expo weekend, and okay. I was going around. He was doing interviews, and we that was the weekend of the— because I went to it in Vegas. That was the weekend of the Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva fight. Okay. Um, the one that Chael Sonnen lost, like when he got beat, he lost beat. both of them, but when he really got beat, <laughs> not when he not when he had enough lost in the last fifteen seconds, <laughs> right, right, not when he had the seed of doubt. Like I went to the one where there was no seed of doubt, yeah. Um, and and that's when I became familiar with Nate Diaz and his story, and I just love that he's a psychopath and he's just it's just fun, yeah. But at the same time, he's like a really cool, down to earth guy, yeah. But like like it's just so perfect, like. As a wrestling fan, I mean, you—I remember I was at your house. You know, like when they start cutting promos, I love it. Like, yeah, yeah. When Nate Diaz was like, "I'm not surprised, motherfucker." Yeah. I was like, "He's the man." That's the but shit you like. I was at your house uh-huh. when Brock Lesnar cut the promo on Bud Light. Oh yeah, I drink yeah. Coors Light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I remember you guys, all you MMA fans, were like, "What a fucking asshole! I hate that guy." And I was like, "This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to the sport." And you guys were like, "No, it isn't." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I like you know, yeah, Nate Diaz. Um, but unlike WWE, he got put in his place. And oh, he was drinking, immediately. <laughs> he was drinking Bud Light at, at the, the press, press conference. conference. <laughs> oh, Dana. 
That that was pretty badass. Yeah. That Dana was that like, let you know. Listen, bitch, you're gonna drink a Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like seeing Ronda Rousey fights. Obviously, who doesn't at this point? You well, know. nobody's seeing her fight because she's not fighting. I have such a pro. I've been on my radio show talking about like. You what have a radio show? That's right. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a problem I have with her, like, thinking that she can just do everything all at once. Like, I feel like in order to be a fighter, there has to be a certain discipline and, like, focus. Yeah. And that's what you do. So it's like when she shows up on SNL and movies and and The Tonight Show and doing this and doing yeah. that, I'm like, you know, and then you lose fight a fight. I'm like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Yeah. You know? But it, I guess, he, you know, you get too comfortable. Like, how yeah. much do you feel like you need to train when you're winning every fight in 15 seconds? Right, right. So and it's I'm... like, oh, 15 seconds. Like, oh, I'll do a little Stairmaster and, like, yeah. you know, she's Olympic Judica. Like, that's never going away. Yeah. Like, those, that muscle memory is just there. Yeah. So, you know, she probably got just too comfortable. Can... Yeah. But uh, she didn't take that loss well. No, very, very poorly. Very poorly. Uh, there's a guy from, uh, who's he? Young guy from Philly who's one of the champions. Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I interviewed him with Norton a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw that. I liked him. He yeah, was cool. He's a good guy. He's a guy who um, kind of made his own name in the local circuits. Uh-huh. Like He used to fight down in Atlantic City, and he would like sell his own tickets, and he would bring in the crowds mm-hmm. to come watch him fight. Like He would do all the legwork and then be a badass fighter. Mm-hmm. So like he's he's a real like, blue-collar fighter he seemed like he was he was a real dude real hard worker yeah yeah um but and and rumor has it he's gonna be fighting connor at madison square garden he was he was kind of talking that up a little bit like you know obviously wanting to push that in that direction yeah let's say we're breaking that here yeah (laughs) it's it's (laughs) the facts yeah i'd be super interested in seeing that um yeah i don't know alistair overeem what about him love that guy Oh, well, I'm okay. interested in him. Well, he's fighting tomorrow night. I know, I know. He's watch. fighting the world champion. Yeah. So usually, heavyweight champion. Usually world I champion. drink. Usually I drink alcohol while I do this podcast. That's why it's on the rocks. Yeah. You got that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it all together. I was hoping it wasn't too subtle. <laughs> but uh, I- instead, I-, I brought along some uh, postabon. You gotta say it with a little bit of an accent. Postabon. Well, not fluent in Spanish like oh. you. Oh. It's yeah. manzana. It's apple soda. It's delicious. Does manzana mean apple soda? No, it just means apple. Oh, okay. Well, so this is what I I brought as my gift for you. I usually drink it with tequila. And it's <laughs> is excellent. it good? It is, right? Yeah. It's like, I love it. I had it when I was a kid. It's like the, because uh, 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 your esteemed host and I, uh, we grew up in New Rochelle, but not the, uh, uh, the north end. No. We grew up on the south side. Oh, that's right. That's right. There were a lot of uh, we we were we became there's there's a lot of like uh, bodegas. We're from Ray Rice's hood. That's right. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. But you could get all all the all the Hispanic products. Yeah. were available to us. Which, which are the best products? The best because they're not worried. You know why? Because they're not all watching these stupid Netflix food documentaries. Yeah, where everybody thinks they can't eat anything anymore. There's a lot of fucking sugar in this. Stuff. It's the sweetest soda you ever had in your life. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, it's. 30 grams of sugar, not as much as I thought. It's probably like the serving size is like a thimble. A thimble yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love that stuff. I used to have it when I was a kid. It's like, it doesn't taste anything like apples, but uh, like <laughs> Apple Jacks, we eat yeah. what we like. Yeah. And it's sweet. It's, yeah, it's so good. I and I, 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 I never I, really thought about it. Like, it, 
Yeah, this doesn't really taste like apples. No, it doesn't but, at all. But, but when I drink it, it tastes like tequila. There's only a splash of it in there. <laughs> but I very much appreciate There's four liters of it there, so I very much appreciate you, uh, you bringing that. Yeah, my pleasure. It's awesome. I haven't thought about it in years. Well, now you can think about it while you're drinking it. I'm going to. Thimble got, at a time. I got Mexican Coke in my fridge at home, too. I mean, I am very culturally diverse. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on. So any other culminating thoughts on WWE that you want to get across on UFC 203? I'm very excited about UFC 203. Um, I love that the CM Punk thing became such a conversation. Uh, I, you know, I would love to see CM Punk succeed because... I like him. Um, okay. I like that he's keeping his name too. Um, but yeah, I, I'm 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 super interested to to see it. You know, I personally, no matter what he says, I believe at some point he will be back in WWE. Okay. I wouldn't be wholly surprised if this were his only fight. He might miss those paychecks. Yeah, and I mean he's really good at it. He's like really good at it. Say he wins, you think he? continues or he retires one or no i i don't if he wins i think he'll win not like decidedly like i don't think he'll tap this guy out i don't think he'll knock him out like i think it'll be three rounds and pressure him hold him against the cage win a decision yes something how i see it going something um and i think it's gonna be tough for him yeah and i think he's gonna get exhausted he's in for a fight yeah yeah and so i if I had to guess, if I if I had to bet, I would say this would be his only fight. Win or lose. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I think there's probably a better chance of him fighting again if he lost than if he won. Because he would get that itch. It depends how he loses. Right. If he loses like a like a close decision and he thinks like, oh, I can hang with these guys. And he's also he's he's just so locked into uh like accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. And so he may have it locked into his brain that he needs to have a victory. And if he wants to accomplish that then like, he may keep going until he wins. Do you and, think he would even step down and fight somewhere else other than UFC, like maybe a smaller show, just to get that win? Or it has no. to be at the highest level? I don't think he would go outside of UFC. I mean, why? All right. You know, so, I just don't. Plus, you know, I'm sure, I don't know what the money is. I don't know if they've reported it. But I'm sure UFC is paying a lot of money for this fight. Oh, yeah. And like, they have to because they're going to make a shit ton of money. Like I said, this is not a guy... He was a he's he's a millionaire in the world of wrestling. Oh yeah. So it's like, and unfortunately, he's probably going to get paid more than the guys fighting for the heavyweight championship. I'm and honestly, if we're talking about pay per view buys, yeah, he probably deserves more. Mm-hmm. In terms of just you know ratioing out pay per view buys, yeah, you know, which is a shame for the sport, but but who knows? In you know, the long run, it could be better. Let's say a lot of people show up. Because they want to see this CM Punk fight. Yeah. And then they become fans of the guys in the main event. Yeah. You've got the opportunity at the next show or the next show or the next show to make more money because this guy's on the show. That brings up another question, though. Um, So he's the third fight from the top. Do you think people leave after he fights? And Mm. then you, you got two big heavyweight fights after him. I don't think so. I think CM Punk is selling pay-per-views, but I don't think he's selling tickets like that. Okay. You know, I think yeah. that... And then this is also the heavyweight champion's hometown, so... And they don't pl- they don't play big venues, UFC. Not huge. Yeah. Not huge. Like, it's... So, I think that... I think that there are enough... When, when UFC comes to town, mm-hmm. 
I think they can do pretty well on ticket sales just on the fact that UFC is coming to yeah, town. Yeah, they just opened one in in uh, England that I think is uh, maybe ended sometime in November, and it sold out in like six minutes. Yeah. Because Michael Bisping's fighting. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I don't think people will leave. Uh, you know, people might turn off the pay-per-view, but what difference does that make? Dana's gotten his money already. Yeah. They already <laughs> paid cares? for it. Yeah, yeah. And you can turn it off whenever you want. You don't even have to watch it. Just order it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like They just want to count. It's like these podcasts. People are always like, oh, I download the podcast, but I don't listen to it. And I'm like, I don't care. Just download <laughs> it. <It's> like, <laughs> I don't care if nobody it's, listens. Just download it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want those subscribers. Yeah, get the counts up. Yeah. What difference does it make? Yeah. Fuck it. Leave an iTunes review. I've never listened to it. I don't care what you write. Just leave a review. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how awful I am. Yeah, but, but, but put five stars. Yeah. Five stars. This sucks. Okay. That's fine. We're not on iTunes yet. Oh, you got to get on iTunes. Podcast. I've been waiting a little while. Why? Wanted to get some episodes under my belt. You got 12 now. Yeah, I got That's 12. enough. Maybe I'll do it now. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. From what I read, like it's easier to get on like the new and noteworthy when you first join yes so i figured like have a little bit of content gotcha and throw it up there gotcha that's a strategy yeah that makes sense yeah now i have like my loyal fan base so yeah you know they're all gonna subscribe subscribe on itunes immediately they better yeah like everyone in this room that's the loyal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good good yeah but anyway thanks for doing the show thanks for thanks letting me for come into me. your studio yeah for sure I'll tweet out the link once it's on iTunes. <laughs> Not if it's on SoundCloud, only iTunes. <laughs> right. Okay. It's so easy to get it on iTunes from SoundCloud. Well, if you have anything else, we're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and oh, SoundCloud. Oh, you are? Yeah. Did oh, okay. Those. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any thoughts about the podcast, at MMA on the Rocks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and they can find Sam and harass him. About his uh, <laughs> MMA opinions <laughs> at Not Sam on yeah. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube yeah. and dot com. Also, yeah. host <laughs> of the Sam Roberts Show on SiriusXM. Technically, and, there's no the. I didn't want to correct you at the beginning because oh, I thought shit. I thought it would uh, start us off on a bad. I note. didn't want people to get confused with any other Sam Roberts Show. Well, there's no uh, possessive apostrophe after Roberts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I got you. It's mine. I should know that, too, because I've heard you correct so many people <laughs> in the past. It's possessive. Well, fuck it. This is my podcast. I'm going to edit you correcting me out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll leave it in for it's funny. But in any case, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is great. All right. It's fun. It's all we got. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>